0: Wait, we ready for this? I yeah. have a new intro. To you. Okay, it's not a new intro. So we changed our soundcloud. We ch- <laughs> scared the shit out of Braden. <laughs> it's just like, oh. We no. just got this intro. This is, this is what our SoundCloud reads now. This is what our iTunes podcast reads now. Millions of obsessive foodies turn to Food Beast every day to hear what's new in the food world. The Ketchup is our weekly podcast hosted by Eli Aruth. That's me. And his band of Food Beast writers, influencers, and chefs we will be navigating the wacky new food world that we live in one crazy trending food story at a time. What do you think, Rudy? Wow, that is impactful. Impactful, right? Yeah. Is that like top iTunes shit? Um yeah. That's it. That's like oh top, shoot, I have just
1: came through in the
0: clutch. Uh, okay, so uh, we have Rudy on. Rudy Cheney, what's up, Rudy? Hello. And we have Costa.
1: Hey. What's going on? Costa, oh, are we, are Costa we recording last right name? Now?
0: We're recording Costa. This oh, is, shoot I just want everyone to hear their voice so they know who's talking and who they don't like later. Oh, like me. Yes. Anyway, so today on the catch up, we have some really fun topics. And, of course, I don't have my sheet pulled up. <clears throat> wow. We're going to talk about a cotton candy burrito. We're going to talk about something that Costa wants to talk about, something, quote-unquote, food revolution.
1: Food evolution. Food Game evolution.
0: <laughs> boring. And then <laughs> Amazon bought Whole Foods. That's the story Not of the Not boring. Not boring at all. There's some we, got some. we feel some type of way about it. And we're saving that story for last, so you have to sit through the rest of this. (laughs) That's the clickbait. That's the clickbait. But let's start with this cotton candy ice cream burrito. Costa, you wrote about this. We got the lead Mm -hmm. from a place in Canada. Can you tell me
1: more? Yeah. So this thing is just like the most insane dessert I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Literally, this guy takes like a mountain of cotton candy, flattens it to look like a tortilla, puts ice cream in it and something called unicorn dust and just wraps it up in a burrito and now it gets like shoot almost 11 million views on the internet.
0: Yeah, we I mean this was posted on our website close to 20 a little over 24 hours ago. 48. Shut the fuck up, Costa. <laughs> Do you not know hyperbole at all <laughs> no one's like gonna check how old they're just gonna go on <laughs> it
2: now i don't think that span and that like time span change qualifies as hyperbolic if you change 48 to 24 it's that's not, crazy, not right? that's not hyperbole no, it's that's, like if it took if it that's took just like a regular boring lie i think like if you're gonna be hyperbolic you be like we put this up four hours ago and it already has like and it already million. has like 10 million views yeah. have you seen this video rudy um, I think I saw like a couple seconds of it. Bro. So I saw it on Facebook.
0: <laughs>
2: it's fucking Rudy Cheney of food beast
0: <laughs> Eleven million other people okay. saw okay. it. Alright,
2: I was gonna save I was gonna save this for later, but the reason why I actually didn't watch the whole thing is because um I just didn't understand it. Like I just saw like like cotton candy burrito and I was just like, no. No I'm
1: with you, I'm with you there. I mean this dessert doesn't make sense on paper. It's like, how the hell does this work? You literally are jamming ice cream into cotton candy. Like I expected this thing to melt within like thirty seconds of the guy rapping it up. I just
2: wasn't ready for it. Like I personally just wasn't ready for it's it. It's brilliant. It's I good. mean, the more that I the more that like I hear about it and like costa talking about it the more i'm like okay this actually sounds really like cool and interesting but i just when i saw it i was just like i can't handle it my mind didn't know how to process it
0: it's a flattened cotton candy is the tortilla right it's pressed hard i think that's why
1: like none of the ice cream seeps through possibly yeah to me it's just like it keeps getting wackier and wackier the more you think about it like when you eat this thing just like all the texture of that cotton candy you think about cotton candy and like the you know a kind of like airiness but also like that crunch that goes into it like to me that doesn't scream tortilla there's a crunch in your layer. cotton candy yeah, i don't know i d- always yeah, do, like, like
2: the little granules of sugar. yeah uh, like, it's a very like small crunch okay but, especially
0: if it's pressed i guess if it's pressed down yeah
2: because because okay like yeah have you ever smushed cotton candy together before i have
0: when you smush yeah. it yeah it gets like kind of hard or it gets like a little bit hard and kind of yeah, yeah. Crusty. I mean, as much as I love this thing, I haven't been to the dentist in like 13 years. Yeah. So the idea, right now my teeth hurt and I haven't done anything except to have water this morning. Yeah. And so I can't imagine. <laughs> Was biting. it like slightly cold? <laughs> no, I'm drinking lukewarm water right now. Nice. This is kind of sad, actually. Yeah, my teeth yeah. are short. Anyways, so I'm just afraid of the dentist, Oops. so I don't go.
2: Anyways, next week on The Catch-Up, look, look out for Eli's uh, dental GoFundMe, <laughs> 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 where he replace all of his teeth, <laughs> and he gets seven root canals.
0: <laughs> That'd be tight. I could use, like, all my teeth replaced. Yeah. But I can't imagine biting into this thing.
2: Yeah, Yeah, same. It does seem like it would be like kind of
1: intense. What else is in it? Okay, like fill me in because obviously I I haven't. So you got the cotton candy outside, right? Inside is like just scoops of ice cream and this basically it's like sprinkles or candy glitter or something like that that they're calling unicorn dust, Mm -hmm. and that's it. That's all that's in it. So you bite in, you get in basically ice cream with sprinkles wrapped um, and cotton candy wrapped around it. That sounds crazy. Yeah, it's like, it is really pretty crazy. crazy. It and also
2: sounds like it would make my teeth hurt because it would just be so cold. But that's like,
1: that's what I mean. It's
0: hard enough biting into a regular <laughs> ice cream sandwich. We
2: sound like a bunch of old fogies right now. This dude. is a, like, we're like, oh, it's too sugary. My teeth hurt. Oh, it's so cold. Makes my dentures hurt. To me,
1: I would just feel weird. Like, I wouldn't expect that
2: yeah texture. I do like the idea. Like, it does sound really cool, the idea of like a cotton candy, like wrapped ice cream thing that sounds really really like kind of crazy i do i do feel like it's kind of weird calling it a burrito i get it because it's like a burrito device right mm-hmm. it's like similar to it's a burrito adjacent yeah <laughs> you there you go there you go burrito, it's burrito adjacent, adjacent? Like, it's like
1: a very loose usage of the term yeah burrito.
2: although i mean i guess like when you think about the concept of a burrito right like uh the the lore goes that like burritos were created because like they wanted to put food inside something and carry it places right so, right like uh-huh. so they wrapped all
0: their food up in a tortilla and then, like the burrito is, was born could
1: you carry this cotton candy burrito on the go i'd love to see someone try to eat it while on the like go. what's
0: the shelf life of this thing is it like
2: 20 seconds after yeah like how, yeah. Long, how long does it take for like the ice cream to start seeping out of the cotton candy probably quick i don't i don't know that's 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 my biggest question so the the other reason why i didn't watch this video is because i just like wasn't paying attention and i didn't realize that it was like a flattened cotton candy tortilla i thought there was like actually tortilla involved and i just was like that sounds uh, gross
0: like oh yeah it's not it's definitely not yeah and okay so mark our director of video here at food beast hates this fucking video (laughs) (laughs) he cut it (laughs) that's why he hates it he hates it because Mark is a visionary. Yeah. <laughs> and Mark has a great. I mean, he has a great filmmaking background. And it pisses him off when he'll cut like a really robust, like 20 minute, beautiful vignette about someone in Italy. And then. Shit
2: gets like 50,000 views. And it'll get like
0: 50,000 views on Food Beast. And then he'll cut a one minute video about. Cotton candy wrapped around ice cream, yeah, and it gets 11 million views in 24 hours. Fuck you, Costa. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just it irks him, yeah. Uh, I but get that. No, you're satiating people. Here's a question, Rudy. Would you rather tell a really cool story to two people, or would you rather tell a mediocre story to a million people? Mm.
2: I don't know man i can't answer that question it's crazy right Mm -hmm. i think i think that that you have an opportunity right like if you reach a wider audience Mm -hmm. then at least you have an opportunity to like try to do something right um so like even if the uh the vehicle isn't necessarily like you know what you what what you want right I feel like when once you reach a wider audience, then at least you have an opportunity to like introduce other stories to these people, right? Mm. Like so so I don't know. Cause like, well,
1: here's the question uh, another question to put in. Is the cotton candy burrito really a mediocre story?
2: That's oh. fair too. I mean, this
1: is as weird and weird. Like wacky just because it's not like
2: a handmade tortilla with like just because it's not like the most amazing burrito ever or like you know
1: a super cool trip to italy that gets like a really nice beautiful 20 minute film like sure it's not that but this is something that some guy came up with and regardless of how insane we think it is or how weird it is like this is cool that nobody like literally i googled and searched probably for like three hours for this story that's way too much time i know but nobody (laughs) this is the dedication we have here food beast nobody's come up with a cotton candy burrito like this before yeah i mean think about that no one's used cotton candy on the outside ice cream on the inside this is literally something that the guy uh we should probably shout him yeah can
0: we talk about where you can find this i think yeah so this
1: is at sugar sugar which is Two months old. This place is like brand spanking new. It's a dessert shop in Ontario, in Sarnia, Ontario, Camp. Canada. Interesting. Yeah. What a
0: grand opening for him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like video viewed 11 I mean, million times. Guys, mm-hmm.
2: smart, right? Like you do something that you know is, or you hope is gonna is gonna blow up. You yeah. know what I mean, and and get some like some crazy, you know, viewage. I don't know. You know, I I think that there is. I think in in ways that even like we have grown as people who who like like to eat and 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 stuff like i think that overall like our food culture will continue to grow like even with with weird crazy stuff like this because you know like yeah you go talk to like one of our chef friends or someone right yeah and you like they see this video and they're probably just like this is stupid like you and people like this are ruining, like, the food industry, you know? Like, that's a conversation I have with chefs probably every week, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or at least, yeah. like, over
1: here every week. But – Like, if you go back to episode w- one of this podcast, we had Jason Quinn. Yeah. And um, who was it? Annie Andy Nguyen. And they were talking about, like, flaming Hot Cheetos pizza and sushi donuts and, and stuff and like that. And what's interesting
2: is I feel like Jason kind of went, like – I feel like Jason went kind of soft on things. Like, I was expecting him to be a little more, like – he went super soft. On he, yeah, like he, like he would he, he wouldn't like outright say it, but I think, you know, like, I, I expected him to be a little bit more blunt about it, but I just think that that it's like, just like how we as people grow and and learn more and stuff, like, I think the general audience will also do that, and so I think these sort of breakout things like this viral food stuff is, like, in its infancy right now still. Mm. You know, even though it's been around for, like, you know, a year or two, like, food's really been, like, going crazy, I think people are just pushing boundaries. Like, they're just going bananas with stuff. And, like, they're going to just, like, and it's going to be weird and crazy and, like, you know, really talented, like, chefs, I think, will see a lot of this stuff and be like, that's weird and, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and and it's ruining, like, the food scene and everything, but... I think that it will like then mature and you know just like anything, it will grow into something that's you know maybe what people would consider more productive or more meaningful. You can
1: still have an appreciation of amazing high quality food while all of this stuff is going viral. Um, Just if if the cotton candy burrito though
0: showed up on a on a restaurant's menu, that was you know some. Some high-end restaurant, like Cheval in Chicago, or some, something like that, would we be having the same discussion about its level of quality, or would be like, damn, this dude's kind of an innovator?
2: Well, yeah, because it would or be the, like, right? It would be like a, it would be a cotton candy tostada, <laughs> you know? It right. would be like a little, like it would be like instead of a large cotton candy tortilla, it be like a little one. Sure, yeah, well, of
1: you know, like, who invents in it, it's still like a crazy innovation. But I think, you know, this is something I would actually expect to come out more from a Michelin star restaurant, if you think about it, Michelin star people right now, especially Grant Achatz at Alinea, you're talking about Jose Andres, these guys are like people who love to play with their food. Like you have foie gras cotton candy lollipops from Jose yeah. Andres, you have like cotton candy or candy balloons from Grant Achatz like these are just these crazy things that have that same level of virality and people love talking about them. Cotton candy burrito I think falls into that same thing while hopping onto these other food trends, because Dominique I mean, Ansel, like he's crazy, no. and he's people
0: have nothing but respect for that guy. I mean, you have—he's he, the guy who created the cronut, but has mm-hmm. since created like s'more on a stick, where he really reimagines where the marshmallow is and yeah. uh, the idea or that
1: of, hot chocolate that like blossoms. Right, they
0: drop this flower onto a—it's uh, a marshmallow flower that blooms when you drop it onto a cup of hot chocolate. It's beautiful. i feel i i I feel like maybe one of the reasons too why like
2: i just sort of like skipped over that video too is like from from that perspective like i guess like in a way and this is probably how some people feel like i'm just kind of jaded right like i just see crazy like shock stuff and i'm like oh like whatever i don't know look at that you know but when in reality like it's actually something really cool i should have checked it out you know
1: yeah and i think what's cool is because the cotton candy burrito went viral, you know that there's going to be imitators coming out with their own versions. Which means we can actually try it somewhere and see what it's like. But you know that someone's going to try to create a more high end, a more refined version of it because this is literally just standard cotton candy with ice cream. Someone's going to take it to the next level and it's going to be really cool. And I can't wait to see what, like, you know, these high end molecular gastronomy geniuses come up with to rival that.
0: Speaking of. Of evolving. What is this food evolution you want to talk All about? Right. So okay,
2: wait, hold on. Can I, just throw this out? Can I just throw this out there before we get off this topic? Yeah, um, wrap it up for something us. Something else that I thought of where I was like, damn, you know what would also be like a really good uh, like burrito ice cream dessert is like a uh, fried ice cream chimichanga. right where you take like tortilla like fried ice cream style with like
1: cinnamon and sugar i've seen one with like right i've seen one with like rice pudding and fruit on the inside who was it sorted food Mm. um out in the uk made this like Chimichanga with that, and put ice cream on the side. Putting yeah. that inside. Ooh, yo! Man. Shout out to Sorted food. Those guys have an amazing channel. Yeah. and they're like four uh, British guys, four British dudes, so charming. Only all of one them. of them's a chef, and like they just do amazing things with yeah. the food they come up with.
0: Yeah, I like that. I don't like shouting out other food people, but that they <laughs> fucking. Grow. I like to <laughs> give
2: props or traffic to anybody else, but sometimes you just got to do it. They're tight. Yeah. They're tight.
0: Um, okay, so what is what is this food evolution thing? Right, Jumping in on this. This with is all of us.
1: I'm just gonna go out there and say this to kick off. If there's one food documentary that you're gonna watch in 2017, one food documentary you're gonna watch in 2017.
0: He turned to the camera. So everyone's just everyone's listening on iTunes on a podcast. Costa turned to the turned to the camera to make his inaugural address. This is going to be the documentary to watch.
1: Because seriously, this thing. It is unlike any other food documentary, and I think it is one of the most powerful messages a documentary out there can have. I'm going to put it out there right now. It is a GMO documentary. Have you seen this documentary
0: yet? What if it I haven't. Passed? What if it sucks? What, if, what are you
1: going off of? I haven't, but I have seen the message of it. It was actually an association I'm a part of that Mm. conceived this documentary to begin with. There's just all types of conferences I've known known about this from the (laughs) point where the idea for this documentary was initiated two years ago. Do you have to hashtag sponsor this thing? What are you doing? (laughs) No, I don't have to sponsor this. This is just something that I've been a part of because I'm in the food science world and it was our world that um, created this documentary because we got fed up with something that everyone is now getting fed up with just now. What is that? fake news so
0: this 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 documentary is fake news in the food world
1: this documentary is about fake news in science but focusing specifically on food and it's centralized around the debate on gmos this is not a pro-gmo documentary this is not an anti-gmo documentary this is an anti-fake news documentary that happens to be about GMOs. Who's narrating this thing? Why do I care? It's Neil deGrasse Tyson. Okay. So you know this is going to be fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> already
0: believe it all. What up? Yeah. yeah that's so. the cosign. She, he's the Miss Frizzle of this generation. He's... Mm-hmm. Okay, so what? give me one topic that we'll probably see in this film, or we should talk about.
1: Yeah, so fake news is going to be that huge thing. Trust in the scientific institutions and trust in the media. There have been studies going around over the past couple of years that... The trust that we have in, you know, science, CDC, FDA, EPA, Mm -hmm. but also in like specific news organizations has just been going down. And there's one quote from the documentary trailer that is just so pointed about what society is like nowadays. This girl goes up and literally says, I trust social media more than I trust the CDC. (laughs) That's crazy and to pull a study from this uh pr firm that we work with edelman they even showed this like people trust online media more than scientific institutions Here's more the than problem. news more than the government it
0: goes to the problem is you are a writer for the top food publication in the world and you just <laughs> sourced a pr company's press release
1: <laughs> You wonder why? <laughs> oh, no, this wasn't a press release. This is a study that they conducted. So these guys do... A PR company sourcing the called study. A, no, they conducted this. They study. They conducted the study, which is even worse. It's called a trust barometer study.
0: Okay, I'm I'm kidding. I mean, so I have a question. I'm trying to relate this back to some something that's been going on in the news right now. I just heard that coconut oil is not as healthy See, for this us. Is,
1: this is one of the problems. Like, fake news like this surrounds everything, especially when it comes to food. You know, you're gonna see studies every other day that say coconut oil's healthy, coconut oil's not yeah, healthy. Yeah, who do I believe? This one, I think, is actually a very credible study. This is just a review. This is something that came out from the American Heart Association, and I know, like, half of you just, like, had slammed your heads on the desk right now. No, I know. People hate the AHA right now. There's, like, the whole thing with saturated fat and sugar and heart disease in the past makes them super boring and people view them as fake news and people don't trust them as much.
0: People view the AHA as fake news, the American Heart Association is fake news. Yeah, when I put this
1: story up on Facebook, so many people were like, oh, the AHA is not credible, what the hell are you talking about?
0: Is that because like every three years they
2: flip-flop between like whether eggs are good for you or not? That's partially why That's like the idea, right? Is it like just like the opinions opinions are constantly changing
1: about what is or is not good for you that's partially what it is but with this one though getting it right this time this one they the aha is basically fed up with this fake news that coconut oil is a health food
0: so the aha is trying to stick up now like yo guys you're eating too much coconut oil and you're or you're you're kind of considering it as a substitute for for other fats right now,
1: and it's not as health, healthy as you think. Right. So it's not to say that coconut oil is not unhealthy. And I mean, a lot of the titles that other publications have been putting out have also been fake news about this study. Somebody out there is like. Coconut oil is unhealthy, as unhealthy as beef fat or as unhealthy as butter, study says. And I'm like, that's not true. That's not what this study is saying at all. What this study is saying is that coconut oil's got this saturated fat in it that, you know, saturated fat leads to the buildup of bad cholesterol, which then can lead to the buildup of heart disease. So So that's bad. That's bad, but, you know, have in moderation, just like you would with butter, just like you would with beef fat. Coconut oil is not as healthy as you know, say an avocado, okay, or like you know oils high in omega three, like your flaxseed oils and things like that. One of my best friends' mom,
0: she for years she had an amazing brownie recipe, and then she changed it because she put coconut oil in it. She's like, coconut oil is the new truth, and it just don't taste the same. That's how I think. That's they how it taste more coconutty. They taste more coconutty. Like yeah. if I wanted coconut, put the shredded coconut on top. That shit is fire, but. That's that's the problem with fake news permeated through whatever channel four she watches, and well,
2: I, yeah, I mean, like, I think I think it's it's just the way people consume information and mm-hmm. and then and then redistribute it is like it's like just a game of telephone, and it's through that person's particular personal biases, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's like it's like you know, like a, a, I guess another example of that would be like s- like switching to almond flour. Mm. right, instead of using regular flour because it's, like, not grain-based, but right. it's, like, more caloric and, like, you know, it's just, like, sure. there's just all these levers, and it's right. all really complex, and it's really hard for, I think, people to, like, like as humans, we want everything to be binary. We want it to be, like, good or bad, or, like, yes or no. But there's so many shit. And there's just, there's, like, but there's, like, at least 30 different variables in
1: each thing, right,
2: that, yeah. like, so, like, that honestly, matter. like, there's,
1: like, Everything is like a gray area, and in a world that's becoming more and more polarized, we're looking for things to be more and more polarized, and honestly, when it comes to food, it's not. Like, anything can be unhealthy for you if you eat too much of it. So, again, like, the big thing with coconut oil here is eat in moderation. Sure, saturated fat means that it is, you know, it has some of those risks, and it's not as healthy as some of these other plant-based oils or plant-based fats out there. But it's not as unhealthy as butter, which has cholesterol. It's not as unhealthy as beef fat.
0: Is coconut one of the only plant-based things with saturated fat in it? There's two:
1: coconut oil and palm oil. And palm mm. oil you see a lot more commonly. Like it was. That's in, in like Nutella. a lot of like and like
2: soap products and stuff, right? Like they use yeah. that in palm oils, like in a lot of soapy stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. And you see coconut oil being used in a lot of those hair and skincare products as well. And it's a good thing for those two for sure i use
0: cocoa butter on myself all the
1: time mm-hmm.
2: it's
0: nice hey, your skin is glowing She's right now really, really nice bro <laughs> your skin is glowing yeah. so this okay so this is uh when when does this come out when is this uh so the Doc premiere
1: is coming on the 23rd of june that's going to be in new york then there's going to be screenings around the country starting the 29th and i'm hoping these guys get into netflix soon ift if you're listening to this Get Food Evolution into Netflix ASAP because people look need at to watch this. the camera things. when you say yeah. stuff like I've seen, get this, get Food Evolution into Netflix as soon as humanly possible. Dun, 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 dun. Please. <laughs> all right, go
2: I watched, I watched the trailer and it did look really interesting and I like how they gave you the, like, the plot twist because it started off like, oh, talking about how GMOs are bad and you're like, yeah, GMOs are bad, yeah. yeah. And like, then all of a sudden it like, reverts. Nah, GMOs aren't really that bad. And you're like, what the fuck?
1: You know, it's just like. And I mean, it's all about listening to science and making your own conclusions. And that's the message of the documentary. It's we don't care if you're pro GMO, we don't care if you're anti GMO. We care that you have the facts, the real facts, not the ones that are getting, you know, broadcasted out by like fake news. Have the real facts, make your own conclusions based off of that. That's the message of this film. It's not pro GMO, not anti GMO.
0: It's funded by someone, and I'm already skeptical. Dun, dun, dun,
2: dun. Dun,
1: dun, well, it's dun, funded by the Institute of Food Technologists, who honestly is just fed up with this fake news, and they're using this film as a way to spread across this message and to you know get people to trust in science again. That's really what they want to do because if you're going to tell the story of food, especially if you're like an association that represents all of the major companies of the food industry, if you're going to tell this story about food, GMOs, things like that, people need to know the real facts about it and then make their own decisions. It shouldn't be the job of the food industry to say, be pro this or be pro that. It should be the job of the industry to say, here are the facts. And to make sure that it was just that, that no one in IFT, you know, was sending messages or subliminal messages through this film, they funded it, but that's it. Hands off for the rest of it. Independent documentary maker, they were allowed to go and get all of their own footage independently. They were able to get the messages of the documentary independently. IFT had nothing to do with all that. It was just IFT backed it. IFT funded it.
0: We'll be the judge of
2: that when it comes out. Plot twist, bro! Everybody pays. Everybody's funded. Everything's funded by something. Yeah, everything's funded <laughs> by something else. True. The, uh, idea, the idea that like uh, that people don't trust like uh like government organizations or like scientific organizations but trust like social media like i think it's just really funny because like where like where does their information come from like it came from somewhere came from some study from some
0: shit yeah that was fun to buy something
1: yep speaking of funding whole foods just got a whole bunch of it whole foods just got bought by amazon players yeah this is crazy (laughs) like this is probably one of the most game-changing moves in the food retail grocery industry ever so just what does it like, mean
0: what does it mean Rudy, I, how do you let's let's just talk about like as people what does it mean what
2: are you guys talking about over there there's gossiping God. about what i guess like is there like something on my shirt <laughs> i am personally very excited about this because um we can't
0: afford Whole
1: Foods. Yeah,
2: I can't afford can't Whole afford Foods. afford that shit. <laughs> and it would be tight if I could.
1: <laughs> no, I'm honestly actually a little bit scared about this. Really? I'm scared because, for me, I'm just a little scared because the grocery industry is about to change in huge ways. And honestly, I think in the eventual aftermath, I'm looking long term here, like five, ten years out. Stop doing I'm that. I'm <laughs> seeing major grocery chains. Going out of business. I'm talking guys who are on the stock exchange. I'm talking Kroger. I'm talking Walmart. I'm talking Target. Okay.
2: I can't see that happening with Walmart. I mean, I'm not. I'm not super familiar with their like overall company health. But I feel like uh, I think Walmart's good. Like they're doing pretty good. I think right? Walmart is super
0: good. I mean, they just and I think if some somebody could compete,
2: right? Like it's probably them because they're just so huge and. Sure. The prices are low. Huge footprint. Right? Well,
1: to me, it's a factor of Amazon Whole Foods acquisition, but I'm also looking at some other factors, and we'll get into those later. But even before this out. Amazon acquisition, grocery stores were like grocery stores were in trouble before. In so ways. I mean, like by 2025, like gross online grocery is going to be the next big thing. By 2025, you're seeing a 20 percent increase in a grocery store sales this is a study from can we talk about how CNPC. slow
0: how slow the the transition of people being open to online grocery shopping is taking like yeah. it's so yeah. like i the still speed of, i don't do it i don't know? do it either and i feel we're the target like we're yeah. the most affluent like technology affluent people where we trust in amazon yeah. to handle our other duties mm-hmm. yet i don't feel comfortable buying groceries online
1: I think Amazon realized that. I think that's partially why they bought Whole Foods. If you think about it, they now have a brick and mortar presence in grocery versus their old presence was just Amazon Fresh, which is technology and delivery. Now, Amazon is one of these companies that doesn't care as much about making a profit. Every time they make money, they just throw it into some new investing opportunity. Yeah. And now, they just bought Whole Foods. They have a company in which they don't care if that Whole Foods segment is as making much of a profit, and considering it's retail, it does it anyway, so now yeah, they well, can play and, and with and prices. Whole Foods wasn't making
2: that much of a profit anyways, right, yeah. like I mean they So were... now
1: they can play with prices, appeal to people who still wanna to go to those grocery stores and use it to help them make money.
0: I think in the immediate, it's great for us. It's great for, it's great. Yeah. It's great for our think, friends, it's great for everyone who well, just wants cheaper groceries, and we're well, gonna get it.
1: Prices I, are gonna go down, but at what cost? Is it gonna be technology replacing a lot of the jobs at Whole Foods? If so, sorry Whole Foods employees.
2: I think I think that um, that's definitely a possibility, but I also think that Amazon has this really like, they're really good at finding new ways to make money out of stuff where like other people weren't making money. And a really good example of that is like their acquisition of Washington Post, right? Like oh, yeah, I they buy all about that they buy this legacy publisher who's like probably i I don't know how they were doing before the acquisition, but you know i i I would say they were trying to compete I don't know if they were struggling to compete, but trying to compete and keep up with New York Times, who's also like a really big now digital legacy publisher, and when you look at what they've done with Washington Post, like they're like. Changing the game as far as legacy publishers like their news product is really dope They're hiring more news people because they're doing so well because they have this whole other division of Washington Post That like creates products that they can sell to other publishers and license technology And like all these other revenue streams that like weren't previously like a thing for for that company And so, to me, like, I see this as a really good opportunity because, especially because I feel like grocery stores have been so, not just slow um, to adapt to, like, not just, you know, in our sense of being slow to adapt to, like, online grocery, but I think in general, grocery stores have just been slow to adapt to, like, anything.
0: That's amazing. I think that's a brilliant point because the way that Jeff Bezos, so, to your point on Washington Post, because this directly correlates to a purchase of Whole Foods. Publishing is a tough space. So what a what a lifeline for the Washington Post to have a company like Amazon come in and be like, hey, don't worry about making money right now. Yeah. We got you. Yeah. Like not only are you just a big tech behemoth in Amazon, but like we got you. Focus Change your, now we're going to change our focus a bit. Go back on creating things, which most people don't have that breathing room in publishing. Yeah, Like if you look at your New York Times and all these, like any major publisher, like they have to focus on making money. That's why they put up a paywall. That's why they do all these things to try to make more money. Yeah, They're spending more time thinking about the dollar because they have to. It's not an evil thing. They're just thinking about it because they can't keep the doors open. Yeah. You got to keep the lights on. But now they have this lifeline. Which, in turn, like you mentioned, Rudy, Washington Post has, like, created new technology. And you can innovate into new revenue channels. Whole
1: Foods has that same lifeline and that same opportunity now. Right. And, I mean, like, even Mm -hmm. just, like,
2: you know, even just, like, spitballing bullshit, like, you know, it, it could be as simple as, like, they use Whole Foods as a retail platform to, like, you know, build out... You know, like turnkey retail delivery and marketing systems for other like retail establishments that and have a can, large
1: footprint. Like, and they could use it as a new way to develop and experiment with their Amazon Go that, you know, that high tech grocery store that they yeah were exactly like testing.
2: I think I think I think that you know I, yeah like are there are you know are there potentially like areas where they're gonna like downsize people like maybe um, you know. They were gonna
0: face that anyway. They were like, gonna, yeah. Whole, but, Whole Foods, as successful as they were, were also like heavily. They got heavily invested by people that were asking for more dividends, yeah. and more money. So they Whole Foods wasn't primed to like take on a lot more hires at that point. Yeah, like, they had to start looking soon enough. Whole Foods was
2: primed to like to to become an innovator, like with
1: runway and like resources right yeah. you know that's giving them a huge advantage over the rest of the grocery industry and everyone needs to watch out and get out the way or get on the bandwagon if you look at what happened to all the other major retailers i'm talking again walmart i'm talking costco i'm talking target all of, and all these major retailers whereas amazon and whole foods is stock boomed the day of the sale everybody else plummeted i'm yeah. talking like significant percentages five to seven percent i don't think that matters like
0: much billions. like I, well I, I don't think that matters much like if people react like yeah stocks so start, people, Stock
2: stock market's kind of a, i think a bad indicator of like overall i don't think it's like a, a great indicator of overall like health right
1: um i mean it is I, but like in the short health. term i don't think it is but i so think yeah. it's an indicator that investors realize at that point they may make some rash buying decisions but those rash buying decisions let us see what investors are foreseeing for these companies and that's why i'm saying in five years the combination of this amazon owned whole foods plus another grocery chain are going to put such tight strangleholds on everybody else that We could see some of these major retailers losing a ton or even going out of business so you have whole foods on this kind of premium organic high-tech but also lower price side yeah and then you've got this new invader into the u.s business i've been following for the past year called little l-i-d-l this grocery store combined with whole foods i'm i'm saying it now in five to ten years those two guys could possibly be the only two grocery stores in the United States.
0: I think, though, I don't, I don't think it's that cut and dry. I, I don't fall into the camp of Ralph's, Kroger's immediately, and Albertson's just going out of business. Even in five to 10, even in five to right. 10, I think there's a world that we live in that like Amazon purchased Whole Foods and they immediately got 450 plus physical retail locations to use but those are still in like affluent prime membership location markets the other markets still need groceries like grocery groceries and physical goods like books and clothes what amazon is like starting to get known for are not apples to apples because that's fair. So you think, can't. You know, you, it's gross. Like- I don't have
2: to go buy clothes like three times a week. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And, and
0: gross and clothes like if it took a week to get to your house, they'd still be closed. But yeah. like if it took a week for an apple to get your house, it'd be a fucking applesauce. It would be like trash. Yeah, it would be bad. <laughs> well, so I think what's interesting is like,
2: uh, right? Because the factors I think right now, currently for for grocery retail is like footprint, price, um, and quality. And so like Whole Foods i love whole foods i would shop there all the time if i could but i can't because of the price because of the price the next thing is it's not close anymore because i moved um and yeah and there's just like there's and there's not as many so i i think what's interesting is like you see expansion like with like aldi right Mm. or like we talk about grocery outlet right yeah Mm -hmm. because like one, it's close to me, but two, it's cheap as fuck. And if I'm just going to buy like the most base of base groceries, like I just want to pay a good price. And if there's not worms coming out of it, I don't really care.
0: I like Grocery Outlet because it aligns with me as a human being and where yeah. I'm at right now in my yeah. life. Yeah. So, so I don't shop as a 29 year old. I don't shop the way my mom shops. I think right. my mom is a dope grocery shopper yeah right like most moms are fantastic they understand mm-hmm. the family dynamic they understand that like little eli eats like four uh <laughs> bowls of cereal a week i'm gonna run through one you know carton of milk i don't work like that as like uh a person who lives by himself at a house you know what i mean like yeah. i don't i don't get that so i don't have the buying knowledge of purchasing stuff. I go to grocery stores on a whim. So why grocery outlet is dope, and I don't know how widespread grocery outlet is. So I don't, to to familiarize grocery outlet is a very cool grocery store where they actually fill, um, their aisles with product that isn't necessarily named brand. It's just the best price. So you never know. They have, they have sections in their aisles. Like here are, uh, plastic goods, yeah, you'll, you'll know you'll find plastic cups and plastic plateware and tableware, but you don't know what brand it is. There's just going to be the best brand at the best price at that time. So sometimes you'll find solo cup. Sometimes you'll find one that was shipped in from Australia just because their buyers are like, this is the best price yeah. and the best good at this and time. It's, and
2: it's like that for
0: almost everything. Like almost everything sort of exactly. like,
2: it's like if you're going for coffee creamer, right? Like sometimes it's like whatever this brand, it'll be
0: Nescafe this or it might not be, yeah. but and, that, and as a serendipitous, like 20 year old who's just trying to shop, I don't really, I don't have a brand affinity just yeah. yet. So I'll just go and it's kind of fun. I, I go in there. I don't know what I'm going to have, but I, I know I came in for lettuce i know i came in for cereal but now i'm trying a cereal i've never tried before now i'm trying a lettuce that is just the best source lettuce at that time so i mean there's pitfalls sometimes the lettuce is trash yeah because it was the cheapest at that time um but sometimes like i'll have the best hazelnut chocolate ever and And, i'll
2: yeah and so I i think i think what's interesting is like that so like To me, like with the Aldi's and the grocery outlets and the sort of like discount, what's on special type places, I think those will like continue to grow and thrive because I think it's going to take a really long time for anyone like Amazon or Whole Foods to get close to that market if they even want to go in that direction. So I know, but like Sprouts, Mm -hmm. Sprouts, like. More than like Albertsons or I mean Albertsons is kind of expensive. Like yeah. I think the middle of the road grocery stores like Rouse and Albertsons. Like I don't touch them anymore just because they're just ex- they're more expensive. They're not as good as Whole Foods
0: and they're more expensive than grocery outlet. Like what's the point of? But going it's there? location, location, location exactly, for but you. But they have a huge footprint. For me, I have an Albertsons within walking distance, so I yeah. go there. I yeah. know the quality whatever yeah. the prices. Not amazing, but I go there. Yeah, I don't have a Whole Foods within proximity, yeah. so not only can I not afford Whole Foods, but I also can't drive there. Yeah, like it's not efficient when I want eggs.
2: And I until want... I can get burrata drone to my house, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I
1: know we love the discount stores and all that. That's a huge thing. So my point with all of this is that there's a discount store coming, and it's just starting to take hold. It's called Little. And these so it's the, a discount store. It is a discount store. So it's like store. an Aldi type So let type me introduce place. you to Little for a little bit because these guys are going to be the ones who are game changers for the grocery industry, not in the same way Amazon Whole Foods is, but in a way that's putting pressure on everyone else around them. Already, just from what I've seen from all the stories and all the pictures and stuff, from the stores that just, literally these guys just dropped in the United States with 80 stores about two a week to two weeks. Where's in the
2: now. closest one to
1: here? They're all on the East Coast right now, oh, okay. so they're just starting to spread. They're just starting to take root, but already the response has been incredible. So these guys already have insanely low prices. Like I think I saw they were like half the price of Walmart sometimes. And how they're able to do it is 90%. yeah, on average
0: they're about nine percent cheaper than Walmart. Yeah. Um, that's like from from a few different. How analysts. much is does a dozen eggs at Walmart? A dozen like
2: regular eggs.
1: Probably around a little over a dollar, I would say. Got it. Okay. Yeah.
2: Just for reference. Yeah.
1: So Little, what they're able to do is most of their products are own brand. Like it's their mm-hmm. own store. Similar to what Albertsons has, like, you know, they have the brand. brand. Right. Yeah. So ninety percent of what Little has is their own brand.
0: Yo, but don't let Amazon and Whole Foods get there. That's what Amazon is really really good at. Amazon mm-hmm. will sell Hanes for years and learn all the buying processes and learn what all our customer habits are on that like the elis of the world like their hanes teas they like them in white they they like them at a certain length and then they stock accordingly but then once they learn that buying they just start producing their own white teas and that's that's what they're doing amazon basics exactly (laughs) so like you don't think that like amazon and just with whole foods helping curate that they're just like well we'll buy this fucking dairy farm we'll buy this and then boom they also have they have the economies of scale they have more data. They don't. They didn't have as much data before the Whole Foods purchase. Now they do. Um, do you guys think
2: mm-hmm. that Amazon? What's what's Amazon's like? Uh, like do-it-yourself store
1: called? Uh, Amazon Go, the yeah. one where you—do you guys think story? that yeah. they're
2: just going to turn
1: all the Whole Foods into Amazon Goes at some point? I think it's a real possibility. I think it's still in too early of testing, and their initial results weren't that great. For so Amazon Go, there was a lot of security know,
0: issues. For people who don't know who Amazon Go, what Amazon Go is, it's Amazon's like first retail concept where they uh, basically didn't have any cashiers, and you didn't—you can go, you could walk into what was. Uh, a mix of a grocery store and convenience store pick up any item off the shelf and just walk out and what, what this was trying to achieve is that it would just ring it up in your amazon account at home through through scanners and weights or whatever sensors and weights um the again you you, Koso, you mentioned there were some security issues i think there's mm-hmm. security issues currently for example the Albertsons near my house uh, a couple years ago, got rid of a few of the cashiers and introduced uh, self-service checkouts, right? Like that's pretty mm-hmm. standard now. As of a few months ago, they brought they took those self-service out and brought cashiers back in. And I believe it's for security because those self-service checkouts were right next to the door. And I don't think people I don't think the technology is good enough at your Albertson's to handle theft and loss and steerage and shit like that so until they figure that out i don't know but there's something nice about whole foods in that uh, they have these different sections with more or less experts. You go to your meat section or you go to the cheese and you can ask about it and you, you would lose that. I feel like people are generally... Pr-
2: <laughs> I just like, in my head, I'm just seeing on, on like Amazon's site. Like, I just see like, it's like, oh, you like this Aberco ham other users also purchase. Like, yeah. Right?
0: Like, you're just like, uh. <laughs> if someone was fearful of that, they're like, I don't want to trust Amazon with like helping me make my grocery buying decisions. But nobody nobody wants a fucking
2: computer to tell them what type of cheese they should have, like with their
0: their dinner. But when you walk You know in, what I mean? Like when you walk into a grocery store though, for years you're letting the manager and the pop display guide dictate Right, which what is you like want.
2: whatever they have the most of and is about to turn sure and they
1: need to like, or sell. like and then they'll also do like crazy discounts and things like that. They'll have all the sales stuff at the front. Like you walk into a Whole Foods, you walk into a Ralph's or a Kroger store, you'll see those, like the instance you walk yeah. in is, here. it's either a sign that says, here's what's on sale this week, or literally it's a display of products with those being on sale.
2: I'm hoping that like the whole, that this acquisition can just make whole foods cheaper for at least two years before they do like something crazy and whatever happens.
1: Like I hope hoping I just get to shop at whole foods for like two years, like this is tight. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think, well, I think <laughs> whole foods is about to get a lot more accessible to people as well. I think the lower prices are going to help. I think Amazon has a way to help it expand in a way that other stores don't have the opportunity to as much now because other stores you have to worry about profit margins, which are already getting smaller and smaller, because you're cutting your prices more and more to stay competitive. Now Amazon has the ability to cut that because they're not concerned as much.
0: Amazon should buy market. Trader Joe's, dude. If Amazon bought Trader Joe's, I
1: think that's like, your last uh, bill because I think you bought Trader Whole Joe's food. is like
2: the
0: only other like really dope grocery store, and it kind of fits in with the branding. Amazon is like really tribal. Right, and so Whole Foods has a bit of a tribal sense, a bit of a wanderer, um, and Trader, Trader Joe's, Joe's is Trader has Joe's. like,
2: and it, yeah, it's got like all its own cool like brands and dope proprietary products. Yeah, and stuff. I think Trader
1: Joe's and Whole Foods, I think, are two of the ones that make most sense for Amazon because if Amazon is going to get into its own, into its basics, like you mentioned, Whole Foods has a great setup. It already's got three sixty five. Trader Joe's has all these companies making products for it and then putting it under its own name. They produce their own as well.
0: Trader Joe's is arguably a better curator than Whole Foods as well. And they have another 460 locations. I think it's within Amazon's wheelhouse to be able to purchase Trader Joe's mm-hmm. and and work. I, I don't think Trader Joe's and Whole Foods are as head buddy As, like, if they try to buy a Ralph's or a Kroger's, I don't think they get as much out of it outside of a footprint, what Rudy Mm -hmm. mentioned.
1: Yeah, I think Kroger and Walmart, I think those are the guys who are going to face the most pressure from the combination of Little, the combination of Amazon owned Whole Foods. Yeah. You're going to see Walmart and Kroger, who already are in a price war essentially with each other. Yeah, trying but to stay the, the most competitive. I think,
2: I think the, the interesting distinction there is like Walmart can survive that battle. Walmart Walmart, Walmart, has the ability Walmart sells to, pools yeah. and
1: t shirts and, and yeah. shit. So you know I what I mean? Kroger, like, has, Kroger doesn't
2: sell anything other Kroger than that. Kroger has
1: groceries. a lot to lose in this now. So watch out for that. I think Ralph's is going to, you know, Ralph's Kroger stores are going to be hurting. I think Albertson's, Safeway, that uh, line of grocery stores is going to hurt a lot from this.
0: Yeah, Walmart will be fine. I think that's the big distinction: is that Amazon doesn't yet have that. This might be a, a, a next target in the cross. Amazon areas,
2: really. buys Walmart.
0: <laughs> well, he, I mean, I don't think they. I don't think they have the capacity to buy Walmart. Uh, and I think Walmart is like such a family brand. I don't know. I don't see Walmart unless some crazy stock dip getting sold to Not to yet, Amazon, no. but. That's where I see Amazon genuinely looking to buy Target or genuinely looking to buy a Best Buy. I think Target might be a slightly better fit because then you could fit. They were already working on Whole Foods fitting within yeah. Target. Mm-hmm. And it, that gives, because Amazon doesn't have a footprint yet for selling items in a, re, like non-grocery items in a retail front. Yeah, And so Target would do that, and they could better curate the Target for them. They could better do that.
1: The question is, does Amazon need to do that, though? Because they're already a challenge to Walmart with the stuff they already had going. Whole Foods gives them... This new level in grocery that they can go, and I think grocery you do need a little more brick and mortar. You don't need that as much for retail. Well, because
0: grocery you need refrigeration. I get that, and so Walmart, uh, sorry, uh, Target doesn't really have like crazy capacity for refrigeration. That's yeah. why they're grocery I also think foot too, like, small.
2: You know, I, I I also think too that it's interesting like for Amazon to invest in any type of brick and mortar business. Cause like I, I'm the person of a mind who thinks that there will always be brick and mortar like locations for stuff like, like forever. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. I mean until like we're all just like encapsulated spirits in like, yeah, glass tubes or whatever. <laughs> like until that point, like, and, and, and I think it will continue to fluctuate. Right. Like sometimes you buy shit online. Sometimes you go to a store, but like, I think it's just like there's always going to be like that desire to want to go shop
1: somewhere. Like I don't think that will ever fully disappear. And I think, you know, as well, like we see all this technology and this innovation from Amazon. But we have to remember that this only affects a certain portion of America. The urban and suburban parts that have the ability to take this technology. Whereas you look at areas that are less accessible, places that are much more food insecure places that are very low tech in the United States, rural America, middle America, all these places, these are the places that Amazon now has the ability to enter in a way they per se didn't before for grocery. And that could be possibly one of they could bring Whole Foods prices down. So now Whole Foods and Amazon have a way to get into these- you know food desert areas because they can offer lower prices and put in these new locations they'll compete with little and aldi and the discount retailers i think because they have the ability to really solve i think those guys have the ability to solve the food security crisis in america yeah between them so they'll have that competition but i think that's another big takeaway is that amazon and whole foods could help solve food security issues that would because be prices super. Can go that would down. That, that would probably be
2: like one of the cooler things they could do,
1: mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's why you know brick and mortar won't go away in those areas. Now Amazon has a way to put grocery into those areas as a result. Yeah. Wow, so that's a good Amazon out.
0: Yeah. Okay,
2: I think so. How you feel, Rudy? I feel good, man. Me too. I just I want—I just want to shop at Whole Foods again. Me too,
0: man. I just want—I want, I just want mm-hmm. into the club.
2: Like, can we just slash prices by like fifty you
0: percent? Know, Go to little.
1: After fifty percent,
0: and then yeah. I'll show up. But if they do that, and then Amazon, Whole Foods becomes accessible everywhere. Amazon takes over the world, and they become the only retailer then it's a full circle cycle where they're now dictating the prices again yeah that's true. we don't get as much innovation in products trying to get get through the ecosystem and that's scary hopefully we'll be dead by then yeah we'll probably be dead by then <laughs> so and that's a wrap on the catch up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to end on a happy note oh, hopefully
0: we'll be dead before amazon owns everything mm. thank you rudy thank you costa thank you everyone for listening really appreciate it please leave a comment on the itunes store it really helps um, Fucking, I don't know if it's called an iTunes store. Whatever. Tweet at us. Mm-hmm. At Food yeah. Beast. iTunes store. iTunes store. Yeah. However you listen to this podcast, we appreciate it. Leave a review. Soundcloud.com mm-hmm. backslash foodbeast. Yeah. Thank you guys. And uh, until next
1: week, this has been the catch up. Bye. Peace out. <laughs>